Hey, I know you've heard me talk about trust-driven care, and I know you heard me talk about why it's so important, but let me tell you this. One of the aspects that just seems so small that is such a big deal with our software, Trust Driven Care, is the ability to communicate with your patients. Now, when I say communicate, I mean have a two-way conversation. That is way different than just sending out appointment reminders via text message. That sounds like communication, but I'll challenge you to this. Imagine if you could only send one-way communication to your spouse for a week, and imagine how frustrated they would be if they can't respond to you. Your patients are feeling the same way. I don't know why we ever started this idea that we should send one-way communication to patients that they can't respond to. So don't be that provider. In fact, why don't you become a provider that allows for two-way communication, text messaging. You can respond, they can respond. But let's take it one step further. What if somebody submits a question on your website? Could you immediately start a back-and-forth conversation with them? We've added that into Trust Driven Care. Now, let's say somebody leaves you a review on Google, and they have a question, or they have something where they don't understand what happened. You could engage them in a conversation and quell any of their fears. The end goal, of course, is always to make sure that they become a patient or they're a patient who gets more appointments. Why? Because that's why we're in this game, to help provide the right care to the right people at the right time. And when they're asking questions, usually means there's something going on. Trust Driven Care allows for two-way text communication along with email, along with surveys, along with forms, along with Google My Business integration, along with website chat widgets. It's all there so that you can run a better practice that communicates, grows, and has a massive impact in your community. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. This is Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm excited for you to be on this journey. Look, when I started my Clinic Gym Hybrid back in 2013, I didn't have a place to go for resources. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're here. I hope you dig this interview. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm joined by Jen Collins. Jen, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. Thanks, Josh. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited, Jen, because you and I have talked. Uh, we met up at that Jane Ambassador event last year in June. Uh, you are an acupuncturist and you also offer some, uh, so you're a clinician yourself, but you also offer for some services uh, based in your experience to other providers, including chiropractors. Is that right? Correct. Acupuncturists and chiropractors mainly. Nice. Yeah, that's I mean, those, come on, that's some of the two best professions out there, right? Like power, yeah. power couple right there. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I love talking about this because I see the, whatever, the fabric of healthcare is changing. And I think your company serves a very interesting and useful um, place in that. So, you know, I think before we record, I was saying like when I was going through chiropractic causes, like in 2003 to six, 2006, um, it was like the tail end of everybody having x-ray in their office, right? Like that was just a thing was, oh yeah, everybody had an x-ray machine. By the time I graduated, uh, it was more and more rare to see that. It wasn't non-existent, but it was rare. Mm -hmm. And now I look at, I, I think less than 5%, maybe less than 3% of all chiropractors graduating chiropractic college are going to have an x-ray machine in their office, Right. And to that point, like you and I are going to see each other at the Parker Invictus uh, seminar. I remember there used to be four or five x-ray companies in the room there, you know, in the expo mm -hmm. hall. And now if there's one, I'll be shocked. 
But it was just, to me, that's just like a placeholder in my mind of how things used to be. And then things evolve, right? And right. one of the things that's evolving, uh, and maybe COVID kind of ramped this up, but it's evolving is this idea of not requiring everybody on your team to be on site. Not everybody has to be full time. Not everybody has to be there. And you were talking to me about some services you offer offices that I think fit in this, I don't know what you want to call it, the new model of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, like, like mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Give us an like, idea of what you guys do. Well, like you're saying, x-rays aren't in there taking up virtual, you know, taking up valuable floor space and square footage. Nowadays, there are more and more clinics that don't even have a waiting room or a reception area. You know, it used to be you'd walk in and there was a little couch and magazines and a table and a water filter and all the things. And now everyone's sort of paring down just to save money on overhead. And so what we're offering is remote reception services. So if you don't have a waiting room or you fit for your little space, we can answer your phones and book your appointments on whichever scheduling platform you use. And we can work up solo and do that by ourselves, eliminating the need for anyone in the office to greet the patients, or we can work with your, your admin that you have so that they can get their job done, maybe doing accounts receivable or insurance billing without all the interruptions of the calls coming in. Right. So our, our niche is just answering phones and setting appointments and often taking down insurance information or any kind of vital information that we need to pass on to the biller um, for the providers. So essentially, I could have an office where I could have a single person or, or multiple people answering phones, depending on how busy I am. But what I'm not going to have is a waiting room where there's a phone ringing off the hook. The person up there is, is you know, hi, Dr. Josh's office, blah, blah. I think that's kind of an interruption to the fact that these people are on site, like, you know, they want to go back, those patients, and they're hearing all, all these conversations, and it's interrupting the ability to be human at that moment too, right? Because like one of the yeah, worst and, things I hate is when my patient goes up to say check out and the front desk staff is on the phone or something, you know, and it's correct. like this this flow has been broken, this relationship we have. Yes, and, and also can breach HIPAA sometimes if they're talking about insurance data or first name, last name, yeah. how do you spell it? I mean, some of that stuff needs to be private. Yeah, that's very true. and And it's distracting, right? Like if they're, if you want them to do stuff on site, if you have an on-site person, they should be doing things that can only be done on site. Like I think about it as a chiropractor. I want to educate my patients, right? I want to teach you about, I would like, if it's your first visit with me, I want you to know about sleep hygiene, how to choose a good mattress, how to set up your pillow, all that stuff. But I'm not going to do that in lieu of, of hands-on treatment because hands-on treatment can only be done on site. Education can be done on site or off site, right? So right. I will send information via um, electronic methods to educate you because the opposite is not true, right? I can't flip-flop those. Correct, you have to hands-on in person. Yeah, and I think it's great. What you're changing too is the model of a receptionist, which is if you have somebody there on site, which is not required, but if you do, let them be in person without interruptions, Right. Yeah, they can be much more present that way. The phone's not ringing. They're not on a call. They don't have to put anybody on a hold. And they yeah. can be warm and welcoming. And and it really does set a nice tone when they're not in the middle of a bunch of stuff and someone walks yeah. in the door. It does. 
And on the same regard, there are things that they can only do as a human, right? Like in-person stuff. So mm-hmm. it allow it allows for that. Yeah. Right. It's just kind of like changing that whole model. Like, well, what do you want that person doing if they're on site? Do you want them tidying up the rooms? Do you want them watering the plants? Do you want them greeting the patients? What all else can they be doing besides being on the phone? We can take that phone piece out of the equation and then you can get creative with whatever you want that helper to do. And actually, how many hours do you need them there? Do you need them there 40 hours or do you need them there 20 hours? You know, could really change the payroll. Yeah, that that's another great point. So, for example, you're a you you're a clinician yourself. You have a practice with I think you said three providers. Um, what have you found? How many hours a week does that require coverage? Is that a twenty hour a week thing? Is that a forty hour a week coverage? How do you how do you how does somebody figure that out? My model right now is I have a woman that helps me and she's sort of more of an accounts receivable and an insurance biller. And she works for us 20 hours a week at one of our locations. And then Cairo Hub answers all of our phones for both locations. And if they need to forward a call into her, let's say someone calls about their insurance bill, they can patch that call through to her during the hours that Mm. she's working. So we can still utilize her and she can still jump on the call. But the phone does not have to be ringing. So no one's hearing a ringing phone going on in the office at all. Yeah, that's great. So it saves a lot of money. So I have her 20 hours a week doing my bookkeeping and my accounts receivable and sending out my insurance bills. Um, And then I pay Cairo Hub $5.50 an hour to take off the phones. So it's really a pretty great model. Are you serious? That's it? $5.50 an hour? Mm-hmm. That's about what it costs to have us answer your phones for forty hours a week. So, I mean, I figure if I go down to the local high school and ask anybody <laughs> that wants a job, as soon as I say five fifty an hour, the conversation's ending and they're they're turning their back to me, right? <laughs> well, it's a cooperative, so think about it this way: each receptionist answers for about eight clinics, so mm-hmm. you're sharing the receptionist, but you still get a dedicated one. They get to know you, they get to know your clients, they get to know your policies and your procedures. Yeah. But you're co-oping it. So the phone doesn't ring nonstop. Um, if it does, you certainly don't need us. You need your own person. But yeah, if your I phone's that, like anybody else's and it rings periodically, then this is a great solution. I think that's a great point. Like if, get it to fit your practice model. If you're there are chiropractors that see 12 or more people an hour, right? So the volume of calls would just be significantly higher. And this may not fit that model. There are also chiropractors that see two patients an hour, in which case, you know, even if you treat it for 40 hours a week, you're talking about 80 patient visits over the week. This is a perfect solution because the volume is just not so high. And yet they still actually talk to a human and they're not getting the, you know, leave a voicemail or right. check out they're our not web- to return site. calls oh. late at night. Yes. Yeah. I think we're a great fit for 25 to 95 clients per week. We're a but that's our sweet spot. That's great. Yeah. And it, there's a whole lot of, uh, of chiropractors and physical therapists listening to here because, you know, we're, this podcast is all about the blend of the clinic and the gym, right? Well, that typically mm-hmm. means you're doing exercise. Exercise takes time. It's certainly more effective. It's certainly better, but because it takes time, those visits last a little bit longer, 
but I think you probably have this in acupuncture. How long is a normal acupuncture visit in your office? About an hour, about an hour. Okay. But the providers yeah. can see two or three clients per hour. So it's, it's right. pretty similar to chiropractic. We get them started yeah. and then we go to the next. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> That's ridiculously cheap. Like I'm, I'm just thinking like now I'm like, this is a no brainer for anybody that, and here's the thing. I think there's this thought, at least I had this and you know, I'm 46. So maybe my thought process is anchored in the ways I learned, but my thought is, okay, you could start out alone as there's a lot of professions, right? Cairo, Acu, physical therapy, massage. You can start out just you. And it's like, yeah, I just need my brain, my hands and a table. I'm the good. Right. right. Um, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to grow. And so the question always is, should I add a, you know, administrator to do all the non-doctor stuff or should I set, hire a second uh, provider? Almost, I would say it's probably an 80, 20, 80% of people add the administrator versus the second provider. Mm-hmm. But that assumption of adding administrator is based on this old, this quote unquote old model or old thinking, right? Because w- instead of waiting until I'm full enough to add an administrator, what I feel like can happen with you is, Hey, take phones off, off the the plate, mm-hmm. still give your clients a great experience. They can still call my office, right? Because I still think certain age groups, it's not all age groups, but certain age groups want to call their healthcare professional. There's a, I don't know what you would call it, a level of expertise that they kind of feel like that the phone or pr- maybe it's privacy. I'm not sure. There's a psychological mm-hmm. draw to talking on the phone versus filling out a digital form or something, right? Right. Well, everyone has questions. Let's face it. I mean, with both what you and I do, there's always going to be questions. Does it work for Mm -hmm. this? Does he treat that? Does, is it going to hurt? What's, you know, what's the outcome going to be? You can't really replace that uh, without a human doing some handholding and educating, I think. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's a great point. You need to but, have someone on the other end of the phone to do some of that with you. Yes, right. we can we can automate forms and we can automate text reminders and things, but the need for a human being to connect to you is always going to be there, I think. Yeah. I don't think AI is going to push us out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the other thing I was saying uh, about that idea of like you add in this thought, this old style of I'm going to add in an administrator and then when I add a second one, kind of my thought of chiropractic always was you have your front desk and then you have your quote unquote back office, right? When that back Correct. office was literally a room, let's say it's 12 by 12. So it's a, almost 150 square feet. And it was like, you're going to carve that out of your footprint of your office. So like if I have a clinic gym, I'm now sucked that space out of the gym and space is at a premium. And then I'm going to supply the desk and I'm going to supply the computer and I'm going to supply all these things. And I think... And that was back in the day when I needed to take that paper file and hand it to that person to yes. say, hey, can you run Jen's insurance? You know, and but now it's like everything's electronic. So the idea yep. of carving out that space is a ridiculous thought. It's an it's an old level style of thinking. Definitely. And I was like, so that's 150 square feet. I don't have to add on to my clinic. And I don't know what space is like in your place, but you know where I am, it's like $4. A square I could foot. fit a whole nother treatment table in there. Yes. There you and go. that's a yeah. lot more lucrative to me to have another bo- person on the table in that space versus it being filled with the person who's working for me doing billing. Yeah. Fantastic. And then you brought up the point of like, that's right. Now let's think about, you know, I'd carve out space for a front desk, a quote unquote front desk. 
if I have a virtual receptionist, do I even need a front desk? Right. I, I may not need a waiting room like that. That is an old thought of when, you mm-hmm. know, people wouldn't respect um, scheduling times. But in my office and you you were saying, I don't think my clients would anymore accept sitting there waiting for half an hour like that. That no. style of treatment, that style of customer service is like, yeah, that's not acceptable anymore. So they show up three minutes before their visit and, you know, there's nobody usher sitting them, Usher them to their room and let them start relaxing. Let's let the treatment start in their own little cubby, you know, with the music yeah. on and the lights are dim and let's get, set the tone. We keep the lights on for chiropractic, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but in just those two conversations, we just said you'd, you need 500 less square feet per office, right? If I'm eliminating that private office for the quote unquote back office, accounts receivable, bookkeeping, insurance verification, I'm eliminating that, eliminate the front desk and eliminate the space for a waiting room. Now you can have a very efficient footprint without spending this money on. Now, I'm not saying yeah. you have to do that. I'm just saying that becomes an no. option. But there's your gem for all the people listening to this who want a gem clinic hybrid. There's your, you, yeah. you made your gem. There, there you have it. Right. And along the way, I saved some money and still maintained an incredible customer service experience because it's not uh, switching to just forcing everybody to online book. Like that works for people who are accepting of online booking. But if, uh, yeah, that that's interesting because if, hmm. I'm just thinking through this now of how many pitfalls right. there are because like when you said you had a you have a waiting room, you had a couch, you had a, a coffee table with magazines. I can remember re- trying to think through, hey, how do we have enough magazines that are interesting and then renew the <laughs> subscriptions, right? I remember this thought National of National Geographic. Mind. Yeah, but yeah. But what you're saying is the magazines are a symptom. We're not getting at the core issue, right? The right. core issue is are you going to ask people to show up and wait? Right? Hopefully not. I I don't see that trend anymore. People just show up and we talked about the door code thing earlier, you know, you, you might need a receptionist to be on the line to give them the door code to get in, but that can happen from anywhere. They don't need to be sitting at the front desk. Right. You know, we can text yeah. that to them. We can call them. Also, have you heard of this model of like a rejuvenation station where clients come in and they just, maybe it's a red light, maybe it's an infrared table, something to get their body warmed up and ready for you to work on them. Yeah. Well, that space could be dedicated to that. A friend of mine with a clinic gym, he encourages everybody, if you come in, if you have some, a few extra minutes, grab a foam roller and roll in the gym, you know, and they just get their body moving a little bit. And yeah, it's a, it's a different model, but it still feels like high service. It's a lot know, better is, than sitting in a chair, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because like I recently had to get some blood work done and I went to a Quest diagnostic. I don't know if you have those out yes, there. Yes, we have but, them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're great. They've, They've gone to a no receptionist model, but you can see that it was designed by uh, people in a corporate boardroom more so than anybody that's ever dealt with actual human beings. Right. Because you go in, there's, there's no window to the back. There's just a door that's locked from the waiting room side. And then there's a kiosk and you check in on the kiosk. Uh, I would say it's similar to like checking in for like a flight at an airport now, you know, like, yes, it looks just like that. It's a little computerized kiosk. You put your name in and your birth date and they pull up your file and you tell them you arrived. And then they say your person will come call you in a minute. Right. But I remember sitting there and there was some ladies. She's like, I've been here for an hour and a half. And I'm like, 
thinking that's weird. And I looked up at the screen and there was only two names, which mine was one of them. And the other one was like said expected waiting time, like four minutes. I'm like, ma'am, did you check in? She's like, no, not, she's an older woman. She's like, no, I don't use those computer thingies. I'm waiting for somebody to come out. And I was like, oh, it's a good thing you were there to help her. She might've been there all day. Yeah. So I encourage her. But in this model of a virtual receptionist, that woman could have quote unquote called your office while she's sitting in the waiting room, right? Yeah, she could have picked up her cell phone, called the office number, right. and we, we answer just like we're sitting at the front desk. We answer with a clinic name, yeah. we answer with a greeting. So they sometimes people come in and they're like, well, where is Connie? Well, Connie doesn't work here. She works remotely. And, and that's the best compliment we can have because we really do try to be part of the team. So we're merging in. We're not trying to be separate. We're trying to be on your team. So they've had conversations with Connie. She's been incredibly welcoming. Yes. They find her very helpful and they want to come in and shake her hand or something. And you're like, well, they do. And sometimes yeah. it's a little surprising. And that's when the aha goes off. Oh, wow. We are in a new age. You know, things are different, yeah. getting done differently now. Yeah. But I think that woman that's sitting in the Quest waiting room, uh, that was a mismatch of patient intent and a business model setup that was not agreeing. Right. And she had yeah, no, she had no out. She had no way to contact anybody. And nobody was going to come in the waiting room asking, right? Yes. And that's going to create problems down the line with AI. That kind of stuff's going to start happening everywhere. And people, I don't know how it is for you, but sometimes you can't get a person on the phone with regents these days. Yeah. You're trying to call and figure out what happened to your claim. You're talking to the robot. All my old tricks don't work anymore. (laughs) One, 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 (laughs) zero, zero, zero. I used to do that. And then I learned uh, if you just, when they ask for a verbal response, just mumble, but loudly. (laughs) And it oh, doesn't know what to one. do. So it, it sends it to a real person, you know, like, you know like, we're connecting with a customer service representative. But now AI is like, I'm sorry, did you say, you know, macaroni and cheese? I'm like, no. <laughs> you ever seen that movie, A Christmas Story? Like when his dad yes. cusses, but they don't want to. Sh- <laughs> like, I'm trying I to simulate him. One. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you showed us how that can be done. It might still work on some random situations. It might yeah, try it's that. worth trying. And if nothing else, <laughs> just yelling garbled words into the phone makes you feel better, you know? Because our kids will never have the satisfaction of slamming a phone down anymore. You know, you're not going to slam your iPhone. Right. Like when you had right. a, when you're frustrated you with a client or something. That. Could, oh, you could yeah. throw it. And you had that little if those desk ones had that little internal ring, so you'd hear the cling. You know, if you yeah. got it really hard. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Well, so, speaking of mumbling, let me just plug this one thing. We yeah. are all U.S.-based. So you are going to get a U.S.-based receptionist that is dedicated to your clinic. And you're not going to have to deal with any kind of outsource, uh, you know, call center. Yeah. Just so that everyone's clear on that. Because sometimes when people think of remote reception or virtual assistant, they kind of go to... It's going outsourcing. overseas. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah, and it's not that way. We run the clinic. We train everyone so that they're really versed in acupuncture, chiropractic, PT. We answer for some therapists as well. Yeah. But we're pretty right. much honing in on chiros and accus. That's our favorite. Yeah, they're really the best. Let's be honest. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, what I'm hearing here is, A, you could be like a lone wolf who wants to add in the phone reception for really good customer experience, but you don't want to have any on-site staff. Yes. It could also, this might also work well for somebody that has some on-site staff. And you didn't say this outright, but come my gut is if you think they're a little inefficient, which, you know, every business owner thinks we're overpaying in, in staff sometimes, right? But the inefficiency might be the constant interruption of the phone. So in your case, yes. you said that woman does bookkeeping and accounts receivable 
and insurance billing in 20 hours a week. And my thought is that's only possible because she's not being interrupted, constantly interrupted by yes. the phone. And therefore she and can get tested. And that's for three on. providers. That's three providers she's doing that for. Yeah. So that's a, that's a significant difference. Even the phone just not ringing at the desk is way less distracting to, you know, that other, other team member. So that's Agreed. certainly a model. And then do I understand this right? Let's say that somebody's listening. They're like, oh, we have five Kairos and blah, blah, blah. You could provide, you could take that phone off for them, right? But they could still have on-site people meeting and greeting, shaking hands at the front desk, walking people back to offices, putting a hot yes. pack on or whatever. So it, we have it some clinics that some clinics that we answer for have a full-time receptionist at the office and they're there doing filling herbs, getting supplements out, opening doors, mm-hmm. turning rooms over, you know, and they just don't need the phones ringing and we can still patch the calls through. So it's not yeah. like we can't work as a team here. We can still, Hey, let me patch yeah. you through to Susie who's at the front desk and she can answer right. those questions for you. I mean, it's no different like watching those old 80s movies where the woman in the the receptionist in the lobby is patching the phone up to the 84th floor. (laughs) Like that's, you know, the same idea. It's just a different method. Um, Yeah, that that's, man, that really opens up the the business model possibility. And so speaking of this, what are some best practices you find in this setup that you think people, you know, lead to success? And what are some, some things you think Hey, don't try and solve your, don't try and solve problem X with this solution. Okay. The first thing that comes to mind, this is more for the newbies. Um, we have started answering phones for a lot of people who started out using their cell phone for business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is absolute no, no. I don't care how long you've been in practice or if you're just getting out of school, do not use your cell phone for your business phone. This is like something that you need to start out with a, a voice over IP phone system like Grasshopper, 8x8, Ring Central. There's plenty of them out there. Trust driven care. Trust driven care. That's a great option. Yeah. So just don't start out with your cell phone. It's so hard to divide this once you start getting busier. And it people are just absolutely regretful all the way around. Why did I do this? Oh my gosh, they're texting me at home. They're calling me at home. So. Yeah. That's just one thing I'd say to anybody out there who's considering what they're right. going to do Start with their Start that phones. division, that, that line. Yeah, that's a great one. I think one thing I assume starting this conversation with you and you corrected me, this, this also is a virtual receptionist. It's not a VA who's doing other projects and you're not throwing graphic design right. at this person. You're not saying, hey, can you... No, we this. can offer that, but that's separate and that's an add-on and that's mm-hmm. charged separately per hour. So we do do that for certain clinics, okay. but our the, the place we really shine is just answering phones and scheduling yeah. appointments and taking down mm-hmm. necessary information that needs to be handled in your office and, by a different person. And you and I met at the Jane Ambassador event. So I'm going to guess that they're familiar with like Jane and and maybe other EHRs, but when they're scheduling that person, how much training do I need to provide to your team to, you know, collect this information, make sure this box is always filled out, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, we have a pretty intensive onboarding experience and training. So we ask you a lot of questions about your specifics, how you do things, what services you offer, your pricing, your parking, your all your locations. We we try to really get to know you from the start. And then we get on a fo- another phone call with you and we actually look at your EHR software together. And then we kind of train the team. So it, it's a couple of weeks to get onboarded with us. We do a thorough job and we try to represent you the way you want to be represented. And shameless plug for Jane, yes, uh, hands down, we answer probably for 75 clinics right now, and we probably use about seven different EHRs. Jane is hands down everybody's favorite. Everyone that works for me, they want everybody to use Jane. So we like Jane. If you like Jane and you use Jane, call us. We're we're ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I think it's important too in an EHR, like I've, I've, uh, you know, we, with Trust Driven Care, in case nobody knows this, we own that. And uh, when we, we integrate, we see different accounts. And it's surprising to me, like, we'll try and pull in information and we'll look in Trust Driven Care and we're like, hey, it's not pulling over. And it's like, that's because that clinic doesn't fill out that information. I'm like, mm-hmm. huh. You know, I would think that'd be required. But in, in different versions of healthcare and different whatever, it's fine. Like, you can do whatever you want. But I do think it's important if there's information you rely on. For example. Uh, one that I I love to see filled out is like who's your family doctor and who's your, who is the referring professional. I mm-hmm. just want to know that because every quarter we just run that and say like who's on this list that people you know who are the family doctors that people are coming in with that we haven't had lunch with, and so we just yeah. look at that list and say hey I haven't had lunch with Dr. Collins uh, but I have nine of her patients I should probably reach out to her you know we should be connected yes and yeah. referrals are key you got to know yeah. who's referring your patients that's just huge you've got to give them a gift you need to you need to send them a card yeah. at holidays it's all really so if important. I use if I use Cairo Hub which we can find by the way at Cairo-Hub.com right yes yeah if I use Cairo Hub I can I'm going to guess it's kosher to say like hey make sure you ask like who's their family doctor how they found out about us like the referring professional field. Yes. Yes. We try to gather that information on the first call, especially who referred. Which is great because, you know, as you probably know, when you have somebody at your front desk and they are super busy, sometimes the way they make phone calls more efficient is by cutting out those extra questions. Right. They're like, Mm -hmm. I've got your name, email, phone number, and the date you're coming in and I'm good. And I'm like, oh my God. Then when we go back to look at who sent you and who referred you, we don't have anything, right? And now we right. need to figure that out. So that and we all know they're not great about filling out their onboarding forms sometimes when we send it to them. But we do <laughs> yeah. hold their hands a little too, if we can. Are you on a computer right now? Okay, let me show you where your forms are going to be. We need you to fill these out before oh. you come in. And that's really important for all the providers too. That's great. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than late on a Thursday, your last new patient of the day shows up 20 minutes late without their paperwork filled out. And yeah, so or their happens. insurance card put in. You're like, I don't even know what your coverage is. I, right. This is just, you know, yeah. going to set me behind. And those times always seem to coincide with when you when you have like, uh, for me, I remember this new patient came in 20 minutes late, no patient, no paperwork filled out. And I told my wife, don't worry, schedule your birthday dinner at 530. I'm going to be done uh, early today. And this guy's uh, coming uh, in. So now I'm a little short with him. And he, you know, I mean, he was late. I don't. Like, I'm not blaming him for that, but now there's this additional pressure he doesn't know. So I feel like I'm rushing. And I'm like, had I just had a virtual receptionist just collect that info and make sure it was always the stand met to the standard, life would yeah. be good. Yeah. 
we look ahead. Any new patients for the week, we look ahead, make sure the paperwork's been done. If it hasn't, we try to track them down. Right there. Right there. That's worth five fifty an hour. <laughs> besides, besides answering And we tell yeah. them the cancellation policy. No, you know, do okay. you have so many people that need to hear that five times? Yeah, there's a lot of people that need to hear that yeah. five times. They know show yes. you. They, they don't come in. You've got to keep on it with that cancellation policy these days. People's yeah. attention span is just... Now, for new patients, yeah, for new patients, do you guys do, like, can you do outbound confirmation? Like, hey, Jen, it's Dr. Josh's office. I just want to confirm that you're coming in Wednesday. Yes, yes. We typically will do that for first visits, and then we'll rely on them to notice if they got the reminder for follow-ups. Oh, my God. That's so great. All the outbound calls are unlimited. So we charge for inbound calls, but outbound calls are are free. So it's unlimited. We don't count calls. We just do an hourly rate. And each clinic pays more. If you have more providers, you're going to pay more per hour. If you're a solo provider, it's around mm-hmm. five sixty-five an hour. If you've got three providers in your office, it might get up there to like closer to $9 an hour. So it's going to yeah. be based on how busy your clinic is. But we're still talking about, in my mind, we're talking peanuts here compared to the patient experience, right? To just have those. It's definitely a money-saving option. Yeah. And it's filling all those tiny little... It, every field's going to be full, filled out. We're going to confirm with every patient, a new patient, you know, like all those things are are great. And then it also allows, as you know, some patients are a little long-winded and, you know, that, that phone call will last 15 minutes instead of yep. four and it allows for that one time. But, you know, I say that because I have a, a patient and her son-in-law is a local MD who's a very big referral source. Mm-hmm. And she... I don't know if she's using that against me or that she's just a long-winded individual with a ton of questions anyways, but I want to maintain the service to her so he continues to refer. And it's like, Yes. Yeah. And know. that's precisely why the model at Cairo Hub is not to charge by the minute. It Different patients have different needs. We want to meet them where they're at. You know, we've got empathy and compassion and we want to show them that from the first call. So yeah. So huge. Call so centers huge. that charge by the minute are going to be wanting to cut cut everybody off too quickly. And yeah, mm-hmm. once in a while, you need a little old lady to talk to for a little while and, and soothe yeah. her and answer all her questions. And because that really conversation valuable. is it's part of her healthcare journey. It is part That's of it. That's where you know? it starts. And, and the research says that if you talk to her for that fifteen minutes or whatever, her outcomes are going to be better, regardless of how long you treated her. You know, it's just. It's funny. You've built trust and you've built empathy yeah. with her already from the start. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Well, this is fantastic, Jen. Uh, so once again, why don't you tell people where they can find it, get a hold of you? and You guys can find us at Cairo-Hub.com. That's C-H-I-R-O-H-U-B.com. If you're an acupuncturist, you can go to Acu-Hub.com. Both of them are the same, but... Um, you can learn more there and um, you can give us a call or fill out an inquiry form right from the website. Fantastic. And from the time somebody signs up to the time they're getting their phones answered, how long does that usually take? A week, a month? It really depends on how quickly someone's ready to go and how organized they are. But I would say two weeks is about the right amount of time for us to gather the proper information we need from you. And then we need a little time to train our team on the specifics of your clinic. That's awesome. I mean... I'm thinking, you know, if if we're recording this in February, if like March 1, I make that decision, by the end of March, I'm not answering phones on site anymore. Correct. I mean, that's, it can be faster exciting. than that. And it, if you use Jane or one of the programs we're really good and adept with, then it can go a lot faster. If you have a really obscure 
um, calendar, like, you know, OptiMantra is kind of one of those harder ones to learn. You know, it's going to take a little longer. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. All right. Well, this has been a breath of fresh air. And I think a new, man, this is really, I think, I hope people are out there listening. Maybe they're driving their car and thinking, like, fundamentally, how can my office operate a high level of service, but saving money? And sometimes those yes. two things are in conflict, right? And, but what I love about Kyra Hub that you just talked about is they're, they're not in conflict anymore. They're, it's a high level of service with an offsite solution that's more affordable than having that. You know, I've hired a lot of 18 year olds in my life, 17 and 18 year olds. And I, I find that it's harder and harder to hire them, it's harder <laughs> it and harder really to keep is. them. They want more and more money. And it's starting to feel like a conflict with what I want, which is a high level of service and the phones being answered, you know? Yeah. A lot of our um, receptionists come from uh, the medical assistant field. So that's uh, some of my favorite hires are people that have medical assistant training and don't like the job. They don't want to be a medical assistant anymore. And so they come find me and it's a great fit for us. So you're getting that caliber of experience. Fantastic. All right. Well, on behalf of Jen Collins, this is Dr. Josh Saturday saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Jen, thanks so much for this conversation. Thank you too, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.